This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Reporting from the maker at Omaha, it's time for the Weekly Nerd News Recap with your two-headed reporter, Joel Dad. Welcome to your THN Nerd News Recap for the week of 4 9 through 4 15. Those are both dates in April. I am your head number one, and my name is Matt Bob. Matt, that's not the name of this show. Yeah, no, I changed it while you wanted it. Because we recap the news. We're not updating, we're recapping. Let's be real. <laughs> that's what we do here. Stop doing things without me. Ah, don't Stop worry. it. Change it on the you website, too. You do not have a controlling stake in this company. It's all changed. <laughs> Even Macho's calling it that now. <laughs> I'm your head number two, the internet's Joe Patrick, and we begin this week with another trailer breakdown. This week, we saw the first trailer for the Marvels coming to Disney Plus this November, and it looks to set up more hot Cree action. Joe Patrick, let's break down what we saw in this trailer. It opens with... The Saber Space Station, S period, A period, you get it, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it looks just like the peak that S.W.O.R.D. built. I mean, I don't know why they're just calling it S.W.O.R.D. But I don't know either, right? Just call it S.W.O.R.D. Now, and Monica even worked for S.W.O.R.D. It was like... In, no, she worked for Saber. She, no, she, oh, wait. she worked for S.W.O.R.D. in WandaVision. Sword. Yes. They're just but called, it stood for something different. This ship is just called the Saber. They're not, you know, it's oh, not oh, an organization. Oh, well, oh. yeah. Hmm. So she doesn't work for Saber. She works on the Saber. She works on the Saber, presumably. Which is also an acronym. For SWORD. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that would be like if the Helicarrier ha- was an, anagram- <laughs> an acronym and every letter in Helicarrier stood for something Well, different. I mean, they're, they they got to pay this acronym team. So, you know. Uh, let's expensive. get on that, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I love. Okay. One thing that instantly makes me feel good about a movie or a trailer is when you hear Beastie Boys music because the Beastie, yes, sir, Boys Beastie Boys are notoriously hard to license. They don't just lend their stuff out to anything. Like they've got to know it's rad or they're not doing it. So feel good about that. We got Intergalactic as a soundtrack. That's kind of fun. We total sense. see something is going on with those hexagonal travel portals, sort of, which they call the. Yeah, I mean, they're Stargates. Yeah, the Universal Neural Teleportation Network. James Gunn came up with it in the Guardians of the Galaxy. We see the Guardians going through them and stuff. We know something's going on with that. We see Monica approach it. She starts to use her powers. Boom! Swaps bodies with Kamala. In the spacesuit, by the way. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, good. You know, <laughs> that's, uh, right. It could have gone way bad for Kamala. Yeah. Which begs the question, they don't swap other outfits. <laughs> So yeah, I guess as long as it's as long as it's close to your body, you're good. If it's yeah, too bad, I, mean, I guess like I mean she's inside of it or something. So maybe that's why I don't know. Bigger question like for me. Yeah, well, I guess I don't know. Like, what if she were wearing a hat and a scarf? Well, look, sicko, we're not gonna have them jumping around nude. All right, no, I'm just saying. Like, I want to know the rules. <laughs> that's '90s comic book rules. All right, it's like Spider-Man and there would always be there'd always Spider-Man be smoke to, in front of their nipples. You know, <laughs> Spider-Man used to have to take off his shoes if he was in his street clothes. I agree. I agree. The uh, sticking didn't extend that far. So, know? bigger question: We see uh, her. Sw- we see Monica swap with Kamala. It looks like all three are going to be swapping instead of like in the comics. Right, and then we see what happened. We see the scene from the end of Ms. Marvel that right. showed Carol uh, switch places with Kamala in her bedroom 
And then it happens again in front of her family and she keeps trashing the furniture, which is cute. It's cute. But it's like it's a three way switch instead of classic Marvel comics where it was like we're two characters. Now we got all three. Well, yeah, yeah. They're all places. Yeah. By something. Something. By the Tesseract power. I don't know. I don't know. But it definitely the bangles are definitely involved. There's something going on there. Later. Well, they showed what appears to be there is a there is that character being played by Zowie Ashton, who is married to Tom Hiddleston. So cute, I love uh, it. Uh, she's playing an accuser named Dar Ben. Yeah, who is an existing character in Marvel comic continuity. Uh, he was a general, a Cree general with a very hilarious history. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to assassinate. A Cree emperor called Clumsy Fowlup, who has just a wild. Not making this uh, up, folks. This is real. Check the fandom. He's got a he's got a wild look and an even wilder backstory. He was a space pirate flunky who ended up the accidental ruler of the Cree, and he was only playing dumb the entire time. And was the hero of the empire. Yeah, you know. you know. And then stuff. later he was deposed and killed by Darben and his uh, cronies. This was all in Operation Galactic Storm? That happened in Silver Surfer Volume 3, number 53, which I believe is pre-Galactic Storm. Okay, that is your it, first but, appearance of Darben if you want to go snatch that up on eBay before it's selling for $200. So there you go. Yes. Uh, so his death... Uh, so Darben, uh, uh, six months later... Mm, four months later, yeah, in Avengers 345, that is when Darben was killed as part of Operation Galactic Storm. He was murdered by Deathbird. Anyway, you can look up Darben on your old t- on your own time. I implore you to look up Clumsy Fowl. <laughs> Two words, Clumsy Fowl. It's a thing. Now, this Darben is a female. Oh, so what? I, but what I was going to say is oh. th- is that uh, Zowie Ashton as Darben is wearing what appears to be the other bangle. Yeah, and shooting the same type powers out of it at Kamala. So it's got to be the other bangle, meaning this is Kree technology. And like when we go back to Miss Marvel and you see like that flashback where they're showing uh, her, was it her mom that found the bangle originally? And it was on a blue hand. That Not was, her mom, her grandma. Her grandma, that's right. Her great grandma or something. Somebody who lived, somebody who lived through the... Yeah. Um, the partition. So right. this is that she found it on a blue hand and we we're like, that's gotta be Cree, right? That has, here you go. It is no question. The Bengals. Well, we all, I mean, we kind of knew it was going to, yeah. we knew it had to be Cree. So the other and, big thing we saw, and this is all rumor, Park Siu Jun, who was the brother of the movie Parasite. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, may be playing Grant Morrison's Novar. We don't know, but that's the rumor. We don't know. Okay. But he's definitely a Cree guy and introducing a Cree super soldier. I wouldn't have any problem with that. That'd be kind of neat. I mean, that would be fun. How like, many no other cool? How many other Cree names can you name? We were just talking about it. I can name well, sure. two. <laughs> so, I, I couldn't. Yeah. I can name Marvel. Yeah. I can name uh, Hulkling. I guess he's half Cree. Eh, he hasn't count. shown up yet. Ronan. Ronan, who is an accuser. Not yeah. like he doesn't have like a hyphenated name like Dar Ben. No. Ronan is just Ronan. Yeah. And dead. So he's gone. Well, he's dead in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. He gone. They got to get these young Avengers in here somewhere. So if they're going to do, if they're going to do Novar, that's fine. I think Novar is fun. Yeah. But I also think that Novar has such a huge and wild, crazy story that I would hate to see that get kind of 
the short shrift. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can work that in there, though. You just go, oh, you yeah. You can work it into a movie that's already dealing with three different Captain Marvels. You literally just getting- say it. It's Novar, the super soldier that came from a different universe with cockroach DNA. <laughs> would that satisfy sure. you, Matt? It would not satisfy Actually, yeah, I, that would be enough for me because that's really no. all that Grant Morrison did. <laughs> so <laughs> he was just like, he's here. This is where he came from. This no, is why they he, explain, he is who they he show is. him traveling through realities in the first issue. Like, you get all kinds of stuff about his background. Anyway, 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 we're not here to talk about Novar. No. So we see Monica in costume, mm-hmm. which is cool. That's fun. But the Marvel's trailer looks like a ton of fun. It's got a great yeah, I soundtrack. Wait, I, I think it looks great. I think they're. I think adding Kamala into Brie Larson's Captain Marvel story lightens that a little bit, adds a little bit of more humor and fun to it. Not that I'm trying to like appease you know the jerks that think she needs to smile more or anything like that. But she could use a comic foil, and Kamala is a great one. So. I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be great. And I'm, more Kree well, right. stuff, I, I always mean, down. <laughs> I love the Kree. In- so after Secret Invasion, we get the Marvels. And it looks like between Secret War and this, Marvel is still lousy with aliens. Moving on to comic news. Now we know why The Flash and Wonder Woman have to wait two months for their new number ones. It's because DC finally dropped more info on their summer Night Terrors event that looks to include 20 two-issue tie-in miniseries. (laughs) I'm tired already. We did a little math. 22-issue tie-in miniseries and more. If you're all in on this one, Joe Patrick, you're throwing 200 bucks at this event. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a conservative estimate. A conservative, at least. This event sees DC's heroes and villains pulled into a nightmare realm by the new villain, Insomnia, which means we were totally wrong about our Dr. Destiny call. I would still argue that Destiny call made way more sense than this, though. I mean, who would another is going to invent something? I mean, a new villain gets a new villain is more exciting than like we trotted out this Silver Age character. But, but I, yes, I agree. Like in the realm of, uh, DC characters that, that uh, work with dreams and nightmares. There's one, right? And, and that's Doctor Destiny. And I would so argue, a char- I, I stand by it. And I would argue a character named Insomnia makes it sound like he doesn't let you sleep. So yeah, they're not sleeping. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So here's where our math comes from. Night Terrors launches with an oversized special by Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter on July 4th. I'm saying that thing is 7.99 at least, right? $5.99 minimum, yeah, $7.99 maximum. Least. Then we get a four-issued Night Terrors mini launching on July 11th by Williamson with art by Giuseppe Camincoli, Stefano Nessi, and Casper Wingyard, who we love. That, I'm saying, is $4.99 an issue. At least, yeah. Faux show. The event, $4.99 an issue. No question. Here is a solicit. Trapped in their nightmares, the characters are forced... Oh, no, this isn't a solicit, sorry. No, this is just from... Trapped in the... It's just a description. Yeah. Trapped in their nightmares, the characters are forced to turn to Boston Brand, a.k.a. Dead Man, for guidance in navigating this surreal realm. But it all starts with a free comic book day issue on May 6th by Williamson and artist Chris Bocculo that delves into Damian Wayne's dreams. Now that... The only that's one you, free. That's the only one we you're going to save some money on. Yeah. We didn't include that one in the math. <laughs> so the big story here is these are literally replacing the regular DC titles. For July and August, 20 comics, two months, 
replacing yeah. all your DC titles. Some of the creative teams are, are the same as they were. A lot of them are different. And it's a complete departure from what you are reading. Complete departure. We found out this is what that happens, though. It does. This is pushing back the relaunches of Wonder Woman and Flash, which is odd because in June we get the anniversary issue that introduces the idea, and then you hold your breath for two months. Well, we'll no, we get the (laughs) we get the final issues, right? Of of the current volumes, which isn't the same thing. I, I don't know if it's I don't know if I'd characterizing it as pushing back like this is clearly planned from the start. Something. Yeah, this could like what I said. My first thought when I looked at it, this could be our perfect summer vacation from DC Comics. <laughs> it's not any good. We could just go. All right. Don't have to do that for a couple months. <laughs> but you pointed know, out man. to me, this feels like convergence. This feels like they are stalling to announce something bigger that's happening after this. Cause they did this for flashpoint. They did this for convergence and now sure feels like they're trying it again. DC loves going back to those roadmaps and just pulling out the old tricks, right? Are they going to announce another major relaunch? A relaunch? No, get out of town. They just did it. They're like Donna, the Donna DC is their major relaunch for that's sure. What we're doing here. for sure. But I mean like just, are we going back to number ones for everybody or something or a major status well, quo? Like, what do you I, think? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, and I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it too, but it sure, it, this sure does feel like convergence. right? <laughs> I, it feels like convergence in the formatting. Of yeah. It. Convergence event was referred to tongue in cheek style as the DC band aid by right. like bleeding cool and, and people like that. And that's because DC was putting out this convergence event by creators that weren't currently associated with the titles. Right. And they replaced the titles that went on pause for two months while DC moved offices from New York City to Burbank. That's not happening right now. Like, there's no big move. I I, I don't know why DC would need to pause their line. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot because of sense. Because if to me. they're planning something, they're, they'd be they would have been planning it for months. And like they knew Donna DC was coming. I don't I don't think that they're stalling for time. No, but to double down but on that, the structure of it is the same. Right. We knew that Night Terrors was coming in as well, and I don't think they went. This is such a great idea. Let's just grab some people and do twenty tie-in miniseries. They had to have known this was happening. This is all right. Right. Out. It's just kind of weird. Like it. It, it does make you think why are these books replacing the main books? Right. But on the other hand, it is kind of nice. They're not interrupting ongoing storylines. They are not forcing people that are collecting Nightwing, for example, to buy this Nightwing Night Terrors book. Right. If they're not interested in it. And so there's something to be said for this approach, but it does kind of make it seem like maybe something bigger is coming at the end of it. It does. And it also says to me when I look at this and see 22 issue tie-ins that are all happening in a dream, man, if I'm buying comics, I sure might just take a break on this one. Cause I don't need a two issue side. That's basically like a one shot that's going away after this. Cause it's just a dream or whatever. And it's not, you know, maybe it's not the creators who are writing the book that I liked, or maybe it is. And it's not the story that I was being told at all. Like it just, I mean, we also don't know that what happens in the dreams doesn't, won't carry through somehow. I suppose affect them ongoing somehow. I suppose that's true. This just seems like a lot to throw at DC readers. It does like, uh, so of the 20 books, we're not going to list them all. Just go online and look at it. 
Uh, but seven of them are about villains and 13 of them are about heroes or hero teams like the Teen Titans are. Uh, and so it's, it's just a lot, man. It's and lot. the majority of them, I would say, are not written by the people currently associated with the books. No. Which is fun. I guess like new people get a shot at something, but again, why you can't just work these in as, you know, just two issues of your series or something. They're all special issues. There are other DC comics that will be coming out in July and August as well. We're about to talk about two more of them that have nothing to do with night terrors. So well, right. But like Superman won't come out. Teen sure, Titans won't come sure. out. The book, the people that are getting these books, their titles won't come out. Yeah. The monthly angel breaker won't come out. Right. The monthly angel. Uh, you know, it does kind of make me wonder what the if hell is this Angel Shaz- Breaker, the, by the way. <laughs> like, is the Shazam is the Shazam book gonna go on pause? It will have just launched. I don't know. That, so, like, like that's weird, right? Yeah. A Green Lantern same for Green Lantern. Like Green Lantern is on final order cutoff. Right. And now here's the other thing. If they do pause them, that is dangerous for sh- for a series that have just started. And if they don't pause them, well, now you flooded the shelves with 20 extra DC books that retailers have to order and decide how they're going to order it. Do you order these based on what people, people that are reading green lantern or do you ask everyone like, do you want this? And then they go, nah, I'll just wait. Thanks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's so, a lot of reasons not to pay attention to it. We will be paying attention to it. That is our job, but it is our job as a buyer Look, and, or a retailer I'm not committing. Yeah. I'm not committing to reading all of them for the show. God, no, no past. way. Absolutely not. I will probably read them all, at least the first issues of them, but I ain't doing it for the show. Yeah. This is this seems like a lot. And the Night Terrors event probably, in my opinion, could have just been a special and a mini series. I don't know that you need 20 two issue tie-ins unless they are planning something else. And these are to pad sales while the next thing is getting done and then comes out in August or September or whatever. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's, it's wild. It's wild. It's, it's, it's weird for me to say uh, I'm coming down in favor of, they probably just, they probably just should have been in series tie-ins. That's what I'm saying. Just make it and like not a fill separate books yes. that derail. Just make it a fill in issue. The release date of the ongoings. A fill in issue with, you know, night terror stamped on the cover like they used to do. You know, it crosses over through all the titles. And if you want to skip it, skip it. Yeah. But I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I crunched the actual numbers based on the prices we were kind of tossing around. I'm saying that the minis themselves are going to be $3.99, like standard comics, right? Sure. So that's 40 issues at $3.99. We've got four issues of the main series. I'm saying that those are going to be $4.99 for sure. Yeah. So that's four at five bucks. And then that special, I went ahead and gave them the benefit of the doubt that it's only going to be $5.99, not $7.99. Regardless, when you add all those numbers together, you get a grand total of $185.55. (laughs) So it is less than $200, (laughs) but it ain't by much. You got to spend money to save money, Joe Patrick. That's how it goes. And I guess if you're already spending $185, you wouldn't blink so much if that special was a two extra dollars. I suppose. (laughs) <laughs> or you can wait till it's all done, and like any good comic shop, there'll be big humble bundles of this stuff that didn't sell. You can probably pick up the whole thing for fifty bucks. Right? They'll be, <laughs> be shrink wrapping together stacks. Of oh them because, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Joe Patrick, your boyfriend Mark Wade is getting two new monthly DC books. Not long ago, Mark Wade was persona non grata at DC, but after the removal of co-publisher Dan DiDio, Wade has returned in full force, writing World's Finest and the recent never-ending Lazarus Planet event. This week, DC announced two new Wade comics, including his first work. For Black Label, how excited are you? <laughs> I have to admit, I was a little bummed. Yeah. We're getting Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor. This is the DC Black Label book. It's by Wade and Brian Hitch on art, in which Superman embarks on a quest to save his arch enemy from a terminal illness. This goes on sale July 25th. Wade is calling it the spiritual sequel to Superman Birthright, which we both very much enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. it. Like, it's black label. So what? You know, if, if yeah, I mean, I guess that if, just if means, Mark Wade wants to treat it like it's in continuity, that's fine with me. It says to me like this: they're going to do something in this book that they can't do in the continuity, like kill somebody or something, or you know. Well, maybe Luther dies at the end. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But it's not just it's not just Brian Hitch. It's Brian Hitch inked by Kevin Nolan, and the preview art looks gorgeous. Yeah. Just jaw-droppingly beautiful. What are the chances we get to see Lex Luthor or Superman's hog in this one? What do you think? Um, I think that Black it's... Uh, or both. I think uh, that it's 80-20. One or the other or both in best of oh, it, right? Well, <laughs> I think it's got to be both. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's because that some, something has happened uh, that they've, they're they locked in final battle. Lex's battle armor gets destroyed. When the armor explodes, it blows Superman's costume off. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And so they are fist to fist, hog to hog, lock in final final battle. I love it. I love it. The other book yeah, is yeah. World's Finest Teen Titans, the original five Titans, Robin, Wonder Girl, Speedy, Kid Flash, and Aqualad are all joined by several other classic Titans from the Silver and Bronze Age, including Bumblebee and Mal Duncan. Who is Mal Duncan? Mal Duncan was a character uh, called Harold, and he is the he ended up marrying Bumblebee. Oh. Like they showed up, they showed up. H e r a r l d, not H a r o l d. Like a Harold of Galactus. Gotcha. Like, not like a Harold. Not like not Harry. Harry. My name is Harold. <laughs> okay. Right. And uh, so Mal and Bumblebee's name is Karen. Mal and Karen Duncan have shown up. Uh, they were in. I think they showed up in Jeff Johns's uh, Teen Titans. They they pop up periodically from time to time. Sure. But they are kind of like lesser known. Titans. They they weren't from. They weren't in the original roster. You know, they kind of came in later, like like when the Cave Boy joined Ganark or whatever. Oh his yeah, was, I like, forgot about that boy. business. So that was like later in the sixties and in the seventies. So like World's Finest, this is flashback, and it's going to show the Titans growing up in the early eighties. This goes on sale July eleventh. You're the Titans guy. I'm fine with the Titans. Love me some Nightwing. I love those characters. I just never really cared about the Titans. How excited are you for this? Very. Yeah, 100%. Finally getting what seems to be a permanent modernized version of Robin's original Pixie Boots outfit uh, designed by, I think, Doc Shaner. That's after like years of the New 52 and up to now, people not being able to decide, was he wearing the short shorts? Or wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Looks like was he's he not. wearing some new 52 bullshit with lines and stuff all over it? Looks like he's you got know? he's got pants on from what it looks like. And now he's wearing like it it's it looks like the original Robin costume, but like it wasn't designed in 1940. Yeah. 
So it looks good to me. It's still got the pixie boots. I think that's great. I like the Teen Titans. I'm much more of a new Teen Titans guy myself with, you know, Cyborg and uh, Changeling and Beast Boy for you youths. (laughs) Starfire, those people. But the original Teen Titans are fun. And I like that this is kind of a Teen Titans year one-esque. And if it fits right in with the World's Finest series, I'm... 100% yeah. on board. And the art by Lupacino, Emmanuel Lupacino, looks yeah, fantastic. gorgeous. Fantastic. Wow. Let me ask you this. Was uh, Bumblebee always black? Yes. Bumblebee okay. and Harold are both black. I didn't know that. So I think it's good that we're introducing some color to the Teen Titans. They're a white-ass team. So I mean, <laughs> like I said, they were introduced in the 1960s. So gotcha. they've been a part of the Teen Titans legacy for a very long time. Good. But I do think it's kind of funny that in all of the preview art that they've shown and the cover to number one that they showed... Bumblebee is there, but Mal is nowhere to be found. Maybe Mal's dead. I don't know. Well, it says that they're including Bumblebee and Mal Duncan. So, no, he's. I doubt he's dead. Uh, I mean, I don't know. More Wade. Give it to me. He's also doing Shazam, which we didn't mention earlier. I'm here for the DC renaissance of Mark Wade. Yeah, I think it's neat. Mark Wade is getting his little kind of corner of DC, but unlike the Chris Claremont corner of Marvel, they're letting him do it in continuity in the past. I think that's really cool. And I can't think of anybody better to do it than comics, probably most brilliant historian, if you will, Mark Wade. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it does kind of make me wonder, like I know Shazam's not set in the past, but it does kind of make me wonder, like, are we ever going to see anything Mark Wade? Well, Lazarus planet. Yes. Yeah. Just but watch what you ask for see, here. Okay. Are we going to see most of any? Are we going to see this stuff play out? Are we ever going to get Mark Wade allowed to do like a current day, like major character book? I, like, yeah, I would I, like to see that. I don't know. The wizard's name Shazam. Good news, Joe. Digital comics are hitting the NFT market. Comicsology veterans David Steinberger and Chip Mosher are launching Distillery. Ugh, it's just the worst name. D-S-T-L-R-Y, a new publisher of print and digital comics that will offer creators, quote, fairer deals and company ownership while also prioritizing eco-friendly digital comics that can be traded with other readers. That, the first thing I thought of when I heard digital and eco-friendly was this NFT bullshit where everyone's yep. like, it's, it's, it's totally eco-friendly art. I'm like, is it? Is it really <laughs> like you're also, you're I mean, printing. They're, not, like, they're probably not going to have anything to do with the blockchain and blah, blah, blah. Probably they're not, probably not going to be mining precious resources. Are they going to gonna print comics. the comics on recycled paper? I kind of doubt it. So, well, but I mean, you know what I mean? Yes. And the, the creation of NFTs is a whole different kind of bag that I don't want to get into, but it does kind of, it does kind of scream like, yeah. Digital collectibles is a dumb idea. I'm sorry. Here's how it's going to work. Distillery is truly a creator-owned endeavor with creators co-owning the company. Their creations fuel. It just makes sense that as creators help build the brand, they receive equity. Now, here's what they're talking about here. That was a a quote from one of them, David or Chip. The titles are published as oversized premium format single issues, and they are published digitally, but the digital copies will only be available for one week at distillery.co. After that, the only way to get those digital copies is to buy them on their own marketplace from the nerds who bought the copies during the week they were available. And guess who gets to set the prices? The nerds. Those nerds. (laughs) Now, 
the idea here, which I will give them, it's a good idea. It's a way to give creators a taste of that secondary market that they currently don't well, have. Well, yeah, creators get a percentage of each resale. Right. Now, if you go to the comic shop and you buy a back issue, you are paying that comic shop. The creator sees nothing for it. If you get on eBay and you buy a back issue, same story. That money goes to the nerds and the nerds only. The thinking here is every time they sell something in their digital marketplace, that creator gets a chunk of change. I don't know how much they haven't said, right? So it's something. And that is a good idea. Hopefully it's better than like Spotify money. Right. But anything is better than nothing, I suppose. I'm not defending Spotify. It's true. It brings up some questions though. How are they going to control piracy for one? Is this going to be a full on DRM? You can only read these comics inside some type of distillery app. Like Comixology. Like Comixology. Like Comixology is. Type thing. And if so, you don't own shit. You don't own those comics. If distillery goes away, they're gone. You know? So what are you buying? If you're buying these digital comics, you don't own anything. Just like an NFT. I would argue, you're an idiot. You don't own shit if you paid $5,000 for that monkey picture or whatever. You know? Right. <laughs> so no, yeah, you're right. The next question, why would you pay more for a digital comic? There, there's two ways they do this. One, they completely lock it down. That's going to piss people off. Or not lock it down at all and hope out of the goodness of everyone's hearts that they don't just pirate this stuff. But I'll tell you what, nothing would push me to pirate something faster than if I saw some nerd trying to sell me an issue of one of these comics digitally for 100 bucks. That was two weeks old. Right. Not to mention the fact, and you brought this up yesterday when we were talking about it, these are new series. There's a bunch of great creators. Let's just read off the creator list real quick. They've locked down an impressive array of talent, so yeah. the deal must be sweet. Scott Snyder, Tula Lote, James Tinian the Four, Junko Mizuno. Good Lord, that's weird. I love Junko Ram Mizuno. V, Mirka Andolfo, Joel Jones, Jock, Becky Cloonan, Brian Azzarello, Elsa Charretier, Stephanie Phillips, Lee Garbett, Mark Bernardin. Mark Bernardin and Jamie McKelvey. That's an impressive list, right? It is an impressive list. Yes. Now, the thing is, they're going to put on issue number one. Scott Snyder's issue number one of blank comes out on this, right? And people are still coming onto the platform. People are still checking it out. You have one week to get this comic digitally. Not everybody knows this is happening. It hasn't caught on yet. I hear about it two weeks later and I go, oh, I'm a huge Scott Snyder fan. I want to check this out. The only way I can get this comic is to go buy it on their marketplace now, and it's 50 bucks. You know what? I'm out. How does or how do you, you can go to a comic shop and buy a print copy. If they ordered it, and it's not gone, you know? I mean, yes, I could buy a print copy, but if I only read digital comics, that's my thing. I don't buy print copies anymore. I only read digital comics. I mean, right. Hypothetically. Sure. How do you build popularity for these series if they're only available for a week, and then you're at the mercy of this marketplace? Are they going to set any pricing rules, or is it truly... Wild West back to old school shithead comic book store owner that looks on the internet and goes, somebody's asking 200 bucks for that on eBay market at 200 bucks. You know, is that where this goes? And does that build any goodwill for this company or for fans? I don't know. There are too many questions. There are too many questions that like we're kind of spiraling with all the worst case scenario ideas, but it just seems they, they have not given us enough information true to decide whether or not this will be a good idea or if it will be another 
Bad idea. Ha ha. But but this is, we talked about that too. This is bad idea comics with a digital presence. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it. And you know, you, you put, you mentioned this yesterday when we talked about it, this arbitrary limited window creates scarcity, but scarcity does not equal popularity. No, you've created an artificial Supply and demand situation. Exactly. That doesn't have any bearing on actual interest. And maybe it is with the best of intentions to get these creators paid for that secondary market. But man, it just seems like a mistake that's already been made. And while the creators didn't make any money on it on the past, it sure pissed off a lot of people. And now you can be directly mad at the creator. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, this was another question that I had. If the digital comic, only sells like taking print out of the equation. Right. If the digital comic only sells 1000 copies, then when it hits the marketplace, there are only 1000 copies available. Right. And don't Which tell me that, that retailers are going to order a thousand, you know, five, 10,000 copies of this in print. They're not, this is going to be an experiment. And I mean, and, and to say that uh, like a thousand copies, look, uh, that's low. Right. But just for the sake of numbers that are easy to crunch, if like, even if it's 10,000, like yeah. there's only 10,000 of these available in the entire world. Keep in mind, a hundred percent of the people that buy this are not going to turn around and sell it. So there could be five copies on their digital marketplace. I don't like the implications of that. Yeah. I really don't. It's just, like you said, it's just creating scarcity to create scarcity. That's all it is. I, 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 we need more information. I think the creator list is impressive. Yes. We need more information. These guys are comic, comicsology guys. They were important to the building, the building of the digital comics community. Right. Like, I think that their intentions are probably good. I think so too, but I but don't. But I think we need, to, we need way more information. We need to know more. And I don't think it's going out on a limb or, you know, inventing a conspiracy to say this will be completely locked down in their system because that's what they built at Comixology. So. And also, like you said, if it's not, if you get DRM free PDFs or CBZs or whatever, then there's no reason why anybody would need to buy it. No. At. And if you don't, what do you really own if this goes away? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I, I, I need more information. Yeah. Time will tell. Our final story is a sad one. Legendary Mad Magazine cartoonist Al Jaffe has passed away at age 102. I Jaffe. I can't believe he was that old. <laughs> That's amazing. Jaffe died on Monday, April 10th. He's best known as the creator of Mad's back page fold-in feature. Tell me you haven't folded in a thousand of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the course of your childhood. Jaffe's career spanned nearly eight decades, and he currently holds the Guinness World Record for longest career as a comic artist. That is so cool. That's amazing. Al started out at Quality, Timely, and Atlas in the early 1940s, and he was an artist for the military during World War II. He started at Mad in 1955, which was just three years after the magazine's debut, and his first fold-in appeared in 1964. Now, here is something I thought was super cool. Between 1964 and 2013, with one exception, Al 
Jaffe contributed to every single issue of Mad Magazine. That is insane. For 50 straight years, there was only one that That's he didn't. completely And in 2013, insane. he was inducted into the Eisner Hall of Fame. He continued to work until his retirement in 2019 at the early age of 99. Mad commented on Jaffe's passing saying, quote, Mad Magazine mourns the loss of the incomparable Al Jaffe, creator of the Mad Folden, also snappy answers to stupid questions, which is another great feature, and many other mad features through the decades. A humble and kind creator, Al's presence, his astute social commentary, and his endless amusement at life's up and downs shaped the fabric of the magazine. And I don't think it's stating it, I don't think it's overstating it to say that Mad Magazine would not have been what it is today without Al Jaffe. No question. Absolutely no question. And he was a a huge personal inspiration and a hero of mine as, as like a bumbling cartoonist myself. 102, man. 80 years. 77 years that guy worked. Yeah, that's a hell of a career. Hell of a career. What a great one. Hell, kudos to you, Al. Yeah, rest in peace, Al Jaffe. Joe Patrick, before we give our answers to the question of the week, we got to close off this news with some quick takes on some smaller stories that didn't make the big news. It's time for Ludicrous Speed News. Ludicrous Speed, go! Joe Patrick, we got three more Fall of X titles, including Bishop and Cable fighting the Children of the Vault. Mm, whatever. Alpha Flight gets a mini. Eh, all right. Wish they were back forever, but. Most uh, importantly, I will say, I'm glad that they're back as a super uh, as a Canadian superhero team and not this nonsense about being part of Sword. Agreed. Don't need that. But most importantly, we got Nightcrawler in a Spider-Man suit. What the hell is yes. this? We're, we're getting a five-issue miniseries from Sy Spurrier and Leonard Kirk called The Uncanny Spider-Man. And for some reason, uh, tied to Fall of X, Nightcrawler is running around dressed like Spider-Man. And let me tell you what, it is very off-putting because his Spider-Man mask has little elf ears sticking out of it, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. And why the hell does Nightcrawler put on a Spider-Man suit? I mean, like, I don't get it. I think it's because he's in hiding. I think he's on the run because Orcus is like, how do you hide with your ears, your feet, and your tail sticking out? You put on a... Sp- <laughs> don't ask me, man. It's not exactly a disguise know. at that point, right? <laughs> I don't know. Matt, the upcoming Suicide Squad game called Suicide The Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League has been delayed for nine months, which it has already been delayed again. And the they are saying it is for quote unquote polish because they just need more time to do it right. I think it got pregnant. I, it's afraid to have this baby out of wedlock for embarrassment's sake. So um, I think that they are scared because they revealed that their game is some constantly online game as a service bullshit. And people are very mad about it. I mean, maybe, but it was pointed out by people online that know more about making video games than I do that nine months yeah. is not enough time to completely rework the game. They're saying yeah, they're uh, nine months is not enough yeah. time to completely change the nature of an entire game. It's yeah. true. And um, but whether that means that like they they create more of a single player, it, like they, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. They, but right now they say it's just for polish. Eh, doesn't we'll look see. Good. Doesn't I, look good. I'm, I'm I'm not that interested in it since this online thing. So we'll see. Joe Patrick, we are getting a Harry Potter Max reboot. We'll talk more about why it's just Max in a minute here. 
And this one has J.K. Rowling proudly on there as the executive producer this week. HBO's CEO said that any talk of the transphobia controversy is really better suited for online talk with people who know more about the spot than them. Do you think that's fair or should they maybe have seen this discussion coming? (laughs) I I think that that statement is is being taken out of context. And so I kind of appreciate the point they were trying to make in that that conversation, the conversation about J.K. Rowling and her politics is being held online by people that are much more in the know and that the announcement of like this announcement was not the place to have that conversation. I agree, but that's not my point. You got to see no, this I, uh, coming they a have to mile away. They, they have to away. expect a, a like backlash. The people that made the Michael Jackson musical, do you think they went into it thinking, oh, I'm sure we won't hear anything about how he raped those kids, right? Wrong. No, that was the but I first think that they are probably not up. going to. They are probably not going to address it in a press release talking about this thing they're trying to get people to probably not but when you put jk rowling's name on it as your executive producer guess what that's it's troubling that's their choice and i find it hard to believe that she keeps that role when as this gets closer to coming out i find it hard to believe it doesn't matter if she keeps that role or not because everything that comes out related to harry potter yeah continues to line her pockets which she then uses to further her transphobic agenda online and her audience is huge yeah it is millions i mean like and millions of people they took her off the most recent video game they're like look she has nothing to do with it there was still it doesn't matter online backlash a lot of people said i'm not buying it i won't do it. i'm done with this because if you buy that game she makes money absolutely now other side of this and it's a thing that i didn't even think about i was talking to casey about this who's a big fan of the books she said you know what don't care has nothing to do with jk rowling's those movies aren't old enough to be doing this yet dumb <laughs> I agree. Like the last Harry Potter movie, uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two, did come out some years ago, like many years. Ago. Yeah, but still, that's way too soon to have a too reboot. Soon. But it is a but it is a series that is a retelling of the books, which you know imply that it's like the things that they didn't include in the movies because they didn't right. have time. It's going to be closer you know? to the books spiritually or whatever. Which whatever the books aren't. Look, the books were great when you were young. They're not that great. She came up with a very great idea. It's got a lot of personality. She named an Asian character Cho Chang Matt. Like, no, that's very fair. The little Jewish goblins run the, run the banking system. Yeah, like, come I'm, on. I'm not saying they're not. I, I get I, it. Like, it's it's bad. It's a bad scene. I'm not gonna make any claims about people that like Harry Potter. I'm not because I get it. I used to like Harry Potter as well. Hey, I I still admit I full on like Harry Potter. And Here's like, the I'll thing. watch it if the movie if a movie's on cable, I'll watch it because those movies are fun. Yeah. But uh, I think the continued support of J.K. Rowling as a as an individual person is deeply troubling. Oh, it's deeply troubling. And here's the thing. Here's how you fix this. Here's all you got to do. Don't Steal do it. it. Don't do it now. Don't do it now, Max. Give it some time to breathe. And maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just maybe, J.K. Rowling goes, you know what? I was a real shithead about this, and I've grown maybe she in that time. from flesh-eating flesh bacteria. Yeah, but I mean, even better would be if she says, my ideal, my, my ideas on this evolved. I was wrong. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, well, and we go, oh shit, J.K. Rowling. You know what? Yeah. We forgive you. You can't. You grew up, and now, oh shit, they're gonna announce a new Harry Potter reboot ten years from now. Okay, uh, it's been a while. Okay. Great. Look, look you, <laughs> you, know. you know that something's bad when I am the one suggesting dark stuff, and Matt is the one going, 
maybe she'll have a change of heart. I'm not saying she's going to. I'm saying no, but like you, you know, shit's bad if I'm right. the, if I'm the doom and gloom <laughs> one. Matt, speaking of HBO Max, they've dropped the word HBO from their streaming service, and they're going with just Max, and they're trying to convey a more quote-unquote family-friendly image. Do they not know about the existence of Cinemax? <gasps> That's just it. Like, look, you and I growing up. Cinemax After Dark, Skinemax, if you will. Skinemax. It was all softcore porn, baby. But that, like, like look, we're old it, men. That's not Cinemax anymore. Now Max but, is, oh, it, Yes. <laughs> but, 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 Skinemax as a term, obviously never used by the company, but it is such a universal term yeah. that if you say Skinemax, everybody knows what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, this is just, all this is is boardroom bullshit idea to rebrand and this is how we save everything this is how we're gonna do it right the letters hbo are getting in the way a company that is synonymous with absolute a plus premier level television the wire the greatest television ever made sopranos the greatest television ever made game of thrones succession it goes on and on and on let's get rid of that that's the problem First and ten, going for broke. Right. Everybody remembers it. Dream on, you know. Joe Patrick, Europe's Juice Mission, which I assume is named after Juice Robinson because they're huge wrestling fans, launches to seek life on Jupiter's moons this week. What could possibly go wrong here? Well, I think that they could find a nihilistic genocidal madman. Very well. That was my first thought when I saw this. I was like, oh, shit. So we're going to Titan? Okay. You know who like, lives you know there, what? right? Saying, I understand. <laughs> this is how we comic. meet Thanos. <laughs> comic books are fiction, but you know what? Don't go to Titan. No, this is how we meet Thanos, folks. That is your nerd news recap for the week, but there's always more to discuss. You can join us in our gang hang on Saturdays from 11 to noon, or you can post in our nerd news channel on the THN Discord. And you know what else we do on the Discord? We talk about the question of the week. Joe Patrick, please reset the question so we can give our answers. This one had a lot of discussion. It was difficult for some people. It days. did. I, I think people were overthinking it a overthinking little too much. It. Yeah. Uh, about who counts and who doesn't. And certainly they came up with characters that I would argue don't count, but we'll get to that. This week's question was inspired by my inexplicable love for Man Mountain Marco, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. Who is your favorite super-powered character that did not adopt a costumed identity? And in the gang hang this week, we got a couple of great ones. Frank Cirillo said the Hulk, which totally counts. Not a costumed identity. Yeah, it's something I like that it. he was called. In the Discord, Harvey Locust came up with Pete Wisdom. That's a good one. Pete Wisdom. Uh, J- uh, Brian Domingos came up with Elijah Snow which uh, from Planetary, which uh, leads directly to my answer because our policy is never to use our examples as our answers. That's right. So Man Mountain Marco can't be my answer. My favorite superpowered character that does not have a costumed identity is Jack Hawksmore from The Authority. That's a good one. Yeah. That dude is so cool. He's awesome. I I love his powers. He wears a, a suit with no shirt underneath it and he and no shoes and he talks to cities and bends them to their to his will. I think his power set is so inventive. I love Jack Hawksmore. Also, his origin is a nightmare. Yeah. If you've ever read those issues of Stormwatch. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's right out of fire in the sky. It's scary stuff. It's yeah, bad news, man. <laughs> yeah. Like his insides are all messed up. You know, it was hard for me to think of a character that was super powered, didn't have a superhero 
code name or outfit that wasn't wearing a suit. The vast majority of them, they're all wearing suits and ties and stuff. So I want to come up with somebody that was wearing something else. And I demand bonus points for this because it came up with two, the lizard and man bat, both of which are just monsters in lab coats, more or less. And the pants they happen to be wearing at the time. I'll grant you. I'll, I will allow it. Turns into a monster the lizard because yeah. Where's he it? Is just wearing a lab coat. <laughs> he is a lizard. Yeah. He's a lizard wearing a lab coat. Man bat, a giant man bat monster also wearing a lab coat. All right. New question of the week. What do you got here? Uh, this was a fun one though. And you guys came up with some really great ones. So great job. The new question of the week is courtesy of Brian Domingos. Who is on your personal cover artist, Mount Rushmore. Now, not just comic book artists. We're talking specifically cover artists. And, you know, sometimes it's the same thing. Sometimes it's not. You get it. Yeah. We're talking about the best of the best artists that created covers that called out to you from the spinner rack. Your personal cover artist, Mount Rushmore. Love it. So come up with four names if you can. You've got a week. All right. You got your question to discuss in our Discord. We love to hear your answers. We'll have our answers right here next week. No show this week. I got to help my wife with some Nebraska Science Festival stuff. She runs the Science Festival. If you're in Nebraska or Iowa, I guess, uh, you can look it up at anyscifest.com and come check out all the cool science-themed events she has going on. I'll be there, but I'm probably drinking. Our next show, The Cosmic Longbox, is back, and we're keeping our episode 700 celebration going by reviewing eight comic book milestone issues. Joe Patrick, lay that out for him. What is a okay. comic book milestone issue? Okay, so there are there are some criteria here. We're talking about your anniversary celebrations. Okay. So not issue, an annual. Like, not an annual. No, no, no. No. Like issue 100, issue 500. And so these are milestone issues where it is specifically advertised on the cover or or you know wherever as that milestone celebration. Not every like some comic books don't like make a big deal about issue 50, right? So this has to be a comic that specifically says celebratory anniversary milestone whatever. They're all going to be uh, lengthy too, so we need to get started right away. <laughs> so. Well, right, uh, they might be lengthy and I'm just tossing this out there. It's got to be stuff from before we started the show. Okay. Because you know that we probably reviewed most milestone, a lot superhero milestone issues on the show. A lot of them, I'm sure we did. Thanks for hanging with us for 700 episodes. We couldn't have done it without you guys. But until next time, true believers, my name is Matt Baum. And I'm the internet's Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd. Nerd News Recap, signing off. For information on joining the THN Discord, supporting on Patreon, or for show notes on this episode, please go to TwoHeadedNerd.com. And, if you are so inclined, please leave THN a review or rating in your personal podcast app of choice. This is Macho, the THN AI, wishing your human family a fruitful tax day, and signing off.